The Bible Study Podcast, episode 523. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the kings of Israel and Judah with 2 Samuel chapter 2. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. So finally, we get to the point where David becomes king. Sort of. It goes like this. In the course of time, David inquired of the Lord, shall I go up to one of the towns of Judah? He asked. The Lord said, go up. David asked, where shall I go? To Hebron, the Lord answered. So David went up there with his two wives, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David also took the men who were with him, each with his family, and they settled in Hebron and its towns. Then the men of Judah came to Hebron, and there they anointed David king over the tribe of Judah. When David was told that it was the men from Gabesh Gilead who had buried Saul, he sent messengers to say to them, The Lord bless you for showing this kindness to Saul your master by burying him. May the Lord now show you kindness and faithfulness, and I too will show you the same favor because you have done this. Now then, be strong and brave, for Saul your master is dead, and the people of Judah have anointed me king over them. So David becomes king, but he only becomes king of his tribe, of the tribe of Judah. Now, this is the first time we've had a king over just Judah. Up until this point, kings have been kings of Israel. Well, I say kings. Saul has been the king of Israel, and there's been nobody else who's been king before him. So we've only had one king, and he was king over the whole mess of all 12 tribes. And so this is different. Now, what's going on with the rest of the country? We learn that when we read on. War between the houses of David and Saul. Meanwhile, Abner the son of Ner, the commander of Saul's army, had taken Ish-bosheth, son of Saul, and brought him over to Mahanaim. He was made king over Gilead, Asherai, and Jezreel, and also over Ephraim, Benjamin, and all Israel. Ishbosheth, son of Saul, was 40 years old when he became king over Israel, and he reigned two years. The tribe of Judah, however, remained loyal to David. The length of time David was king in Hebron over Judah was seven years and six months. Abner, son of Ner, together with the men of Ishbosheth, son of Saul, left Mahanaim and went to Gibeon. Joab, son of Zariah, and David's men went out and met them at the pool of Gibeon. One group sat down on one side of the pool and the other on the other side. Then Abner said to Joab, let's have some of the young men get up and fight hand to hand in front of us. All right, let them do it, Joab said. So they stood up and were counted off, 12 men for Benjamin and Ishbosheth, son of Saul, and 12 for David. Then each man grabbed his opponent by the head and thrust his dagger into his opponent's side, and they fell down together. So that place in Gibeon was called Helkath Hazarim. The battle that day was very fierce, and Abner and the Israelites were defeated by David's men. The three sons of Zariah were there, Joab, Abishai, and Asahel. Now, Asahel was as fleet-footed as a wild gazelle. He chased Abner, turning neither to the right nor to the left as he pursued him. Abner looked behind him and asked, Is that you, Asahel? It is, he answered. Then Abner said to him, Turn aside to the left or to the right. Take on one of the young men and strip him of his weapons. But Asahel would not stop chasing him. Again, Abner warned Asahel, stop chasing me. Why should I strike you down? How could I look your brother Joab in the face? But Asahel refused to give up the pursuit. So Abner struck his butt of his spear into Asahel's stomach, and the spear came out through his back. He fell there and died on the spot, and every man stopped when they came to the place where Asahel had fallen and died. But Joab 
and Abishai pursued Abner as the sun was setting. They came to the hill of Ammon near Gia on the way to the wasteland of Gibeon. Then the men of Benjamin rallied behind Abner. They formed themselves into a group and took their stand on the top of a hill. Abner called out to Joab, Must the sword devour forever? Don't you realize that this will end in bitterness? How long before you order your men to stop pursuing their fellow Israelites? Joab answered, As surely as God lives, if you had not spoken, the men would have continued pursuing them until morning. So Joab blew the trumpet, and all the troops came to a halt. They no longer pursued Israel, nor did they fight any more. All that night, Abner and his men marched through Arabah. They came to the Jordan, continued through the morning hours, and came to Mahanaim. There, Joab stopped pursuing Abner and assembled the whole army. Besides Asahel, 19 of David's men were found missing. But David's men had killed 360 Benjamites who were with Abner. They took Asahel and buried him in his father's tomb at Bethlehem. Then Joab and his men marched all night and arrived at Hebron by daybreak odd portion of the story here what we have is civil war we have israel fighting with israel and broken up somewhat by tribes with judah being faithful to david and everybody else being faithful to the son of saul which would be typical now this is the first time we've ever had any transition from one king to another so one would assume it's going to go from father to son but it hasn't really been established yet. And quite often you get this sort of civil war because probably the heir apparent for Saul would have been Jonathan. Jonathan's the only one who's been referred to of the sons before this. And there's certainly every indication that that would be who Saul would want to become king after him. And so this may be part of the problem here is that it may be even that in Saul's family, it wasn't clear. But in any case, we've now got civil war. We've got this bizarre situation where they say, let the young man's fight, and they all come out with their daggers and kill each other. And it's called the field of daggers or the field of hostilities is what they named the place. But they're fighting each other. And one of the things that I think is really tragic about this and about civil wars in general is the kind of story they tell in this odd little account between Abner and one of the brothers of Joab. Abner, the leader of Saul's army, and Joab, who will be the leader of David's army. And so we get this transition here between the two. And one of Joab's brothers is very fast. And so he's chasing Abner. And Abner yells back and recognizes the guy, right? Says, hey, is that you? You should stop chasing me. I don't want to kill you. Remember, these are people who, for some time period, were fighting together against the Philistines and whoever. And so they know each other. This is not something that you want to have happen, is to be in the middle of a civil war. This is a tragic thing. If you look at the American Civil War, all of these stories about brother fighting brother in a quite literal fashion where you have you know one hill and one brother's dying here wearing gray and one's dying here wearing blue. And this is the kind of situation that's going on here. They know each other, and so that's why, one, at... Abner tries not to kill this guy, tries not to kill Asahel, and says, you know, is that you? Stop. Just take somebody prisoner. Just just go away. Don't make me do this. I don't want to kill you. And he doesn't stop, and so he does kill Asahel. And then his older brother is coming after Abner, and finally, as they've got him in a position, in a defensive position on a hill, Abner says, do you want to do this? Do you want to pursue us all night? Do you want to kill all of us? And Joab realizes, no, we don't really want 
this. These are people who eventually David is going to have to rule. You want as little bloodshed as possible. You want to leave some path for future reconciliation. And so they let them go. They basically say, you know, we've proven our point. We're not going to bow to you. We defeated you, but we're not going to destroy you because you are us. You are our people. It's something we might think about in the politics that we have these days is we sometimes look at the people in our country and we think that's our enemy. Well, there are many other people who are trying to tear down our country, perhaps. Maybe there's somebody I disagree with, but not the enemy. And that's kind of what they're going through here is we're still all Israelites. We disagree on who's king right now. We've got a very serious disagreement, and we're going to have that, by the way, for seven years until it's finally going to get resolved sometime later in this book. But for now, we don't need to do anything about it. We can live with that disagreement rather than with the blood on our hands of more and more Israelites and more and more Benjamites and more and more people from Judah and more and more soldiers from Judah. And that's something interesting to see. One of the interesting things about this chapter in the study of the kings is that it has very little to do with the kings, right? This is all the people who are fighting on behalf of the kings. This is the whole country going into factions. Really, in this whole chapter, the only thing you get is David expressing kindness, kindness to those who were kind to Saul, those who buried Saul, who went and got his body and said, that was a good thing you did. And may God bless you for that. But that's where we are right now. We're going to leave David in Hebron for a while. And in general, David is really having to wait a while, isn't he, from that time that he was anointed as a young man until the time he's finally going to be king of Israel. We're talking about decades between one and the other. Why is it that God's timing and our timing are sometimes so different? With that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast if you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com, or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.